good morning. My name is Keith Kozik, and I am the discipleship pastor, and I have the honor and privilege of speaking to you today. So before we get rocking and rolling, let's ask for God's blessing. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak. And God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would so fill me to let me say what you want me to say. God, help me to be real, help me to be authentic, help me to be genuine, and help me to really say what you want me to say. I pray that, God, that for the people that are, that are sitting out there and wherever they are spiritually, that, God, that you would meet their needs, you would challenge them, you would make us into the men and women of God that you want us to be. And I pray this all in your precious name. Amen. So as you can tell by my bumper video, we're going to be talking about community. And that's not hard for me to talk about. I'm very, very passionate about it. That's why I'm the discipleship pastor here. I love building communities. I love seeing people come together and really get to know one another and really love one another. So before I really get really rock and roll, though, I want to show you a video, uh, actually two uh, commercial videos, and hopefully you'll think they're better than just okay. Have you ever worked with Dr. Francis? Oh, yeah. He's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? <laughs> well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay? Is <laughs> That's the first one. And, and I want you to think about it maybe in your life, okay? If I were to come up to you and say, hey, how's your marriage? And you go, ah, it's just okay. Well, I think that uh, there might be some uh, underlying issues or stuff like that. Or if I say, came up to you and said, hey, how do you feel like you're doing it as a parent? And you went, eh, I'm all right. You know, like that, there'd be underlying issues. Like, we want to be better than that. Go ahead and show my next video about being First just okay. Too. Yeah. Relax with me, go. It's going to look okay. Only okay? No worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh... Aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro. Just okay is <laughs> not And so, like I said, we don't want things to be just okay. Like, if I were to come up to you and say, hey, how are you really doing spiritually? And you're like, eh, I'm just doing okay. And I said, how's your relationship with Jesus? Ah, it's all right. Well, as a pastor, I'd want to dive into that and say, what's really going on? Why, why are you just Okay. The last thing I want to raise, and I think this is, you know, maybe an underlying issue with, I think, a lot of people that come to church. If someone were to come up to you and say, hey, what do you think of Community Alliance Church? You go, ah, it's all right. Just okay. We, we don't really want that here at Community Alliance Church. We want you to feel like you're part of something bigger than ourselves. Bigger than yourselves, I'm sorry, not than ourselves. Really bigger than yourselves. Because I found that that's what all of us really want. We want to be, feel like we're part of a team, that we're accomplishing something greater than we could ever do on our own. I think that's why a lot of people join the military, so they feel like they're fighting freedom, they're doing something amazing, they're, they're really helping something greater than themselves. Maybe it's why you joined a sports team when you were a kid. You're like, I want to go out and play with my buddies, and we, as a group, we can accomplish something that's amazing. We can do something that's incredible. And maybe, just maybe, that's why you come to church, is you want to be part of a community that's doing something greater than themselves. And if you were to ask, what, what does a church supposed to look like? What, what's it supposed to do? What's it supposed to function? You can get about 100 different answers. But why don't we go look at the very first church and what they did and what they were all about. And I think we'll get some really significant answers. So if you were to open up your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 2. That's where I want you to be. If you listened to the phone tree and didn't hang up on me, I appreciate that. And so uh, some of you are chuckling because you do that. Uh-huh, I understand. So Acts chapter 2. 
and this is the day of Pentecost. And that's just a real fancy way of saying when the Holy Spirit came down. And Jesus had told his disciples, hey, I need you to wait right here where you are. Wait until the comforter comes. That was the Holy Spirit. He kept saying, wait, 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 wait. The, the Holy Spirit's going to come and it's going to go, it's going to come and indwell you. It's going to fill you. Because in the Old Testament, what had happened is, is only certain people at certain times for certain reasons were filled with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was now, because of his death on the cross, the Holy Spirit was going to be accessible to everyone at any time, at any point. And that's what the great thing about us living on this side of the cross is that we have the access to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens. Is these people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in strange tongues and they start doing incredible things. Miracles start busting out. It's incredible. And then it says that they were cut to the heart. You know, God had really convicted them. They put that heaviness in their heart. And they go to Peter, what should we do? And Peter says, you need to repent and be baptized. And that little church grew from 120 to 3,000 in one day. Now, that's a good sermon there. <laughs> that's what happened. That's the day of Pentecost, and that's what happens. And then I want to pick it up in Acts 2, verse 42. But I want to look at really what the church did. And we're going to read through uh, the next you know, seven, eight verses here, and then I'm really going to put legs to it and really challenge us. So we're in Acts 2, verse 42 through 45. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and held everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with a glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So I want you to go back up to Acts 2.42, and we're just going to break these all down like they were all principles, and maybe you've done this before, maybe you haven't, but I want you to pretend for a second that we as a church, what if we started doing these things? And what would our community really look like here at Community Line Church? The first one is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Maybe you've had a really bad teacher, maybe you had a really bad boss, I know I have had for like the last 15 years, and so, you know, maybe... <laughs> He'll listen to this and laugh at some point, hopefully. Or maybe you've had that bad professor where you showed up and you just, you loathe walking in like, oh no, this class. Or maybe you had that bad coach and they were trying to get you to buy in and you were just like, I'm not putting up with what you're throwing down here. Like we were just on different wavelengths. And so you put up like this, your walls up and you just wouldn't buy into what they were saying and you wouldn't believe and you wouldn't just really, you know, go for what they were saying. And some of you may be that way here at Community Alliance Church, that you show up every week and you don't like Den's preaching, you don't like my preaching, you don't like Joe's preaching, you don't like Bob's leadership. So I'm going to just tell you this right up front. I'm going to give you permission to never come back here ever again. I'm being 100% honest, because that's what it really starts with. If you show up and you have your walls up around your heart, and you're not willing to be teachable, you're not going to be taught. That's what I have found, all right? I found it in my own life. If there's someone I don't like, or if I'm overly, you know, I overanalyze what they say, I critique what they say, then I don't listen to what they say. That's just what happens. But contrast that with someone who's had maybe an amazing impact in your life, that great coach, that great professor, that great mentor, you eat up everything they say, and you're willing to submit and listen to what they say and go, I want to do what they say because I trust them, and I want to be like them, and I respect them so much. And if you don't feel that way about our pastoral staff, if you don't feel that way about our elders, I'm just telling you this as nice as I can. This is your last Sunday here at Community Alliance Church. 
You pass six other churches getting here. Go find one of them that you can form community in. And I'm being 100% honest. Because we want to form a great community here. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And it starts with buying into the leadership and what they're saying and what they're preaching and what they're teaching. And if you don't do that, you're never going to have that great community here. The next part of the verse says they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And when you hear the word fellowship, is there a more churchy word than fellowship? You know, maybe you came from another church that had a fellowship hall. Like, who uses the word fellowship regularly in any kind of, you know, you know speaking or anything else? The only thing I could think of was, you know, the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? The fellowship of the ring, precious. You know, that was like the only thing that I could think of that, you know, that used the word fellowship, all right? And some of you are looking around like, I've never seen that movie, but trust me, you know, that's the fellowship of the ring. And have, have your grandkid explain it to you. It'll be all right. And so, as I looked into this, and I, and, I, and I looked into this word, and it's, go ahead and bring it up, it's kononia, is, is the actual, the Greek term for this, and I like this word much more, partnership. Like, what if you started looking around at the people in these blue seats, and you started viewing them as your partners in life, okay? As your spiritual partners in life to help accomplish what God wants you to accomplish, you see how that takes it from eh, fellowship. Oh, I'm losing my, my, my mic here. It takes it from fellowship to partnership. Maybe you have a business partner where you are doing everything together. You're all in together, and we're trying to make this successful. We want to have that type of partnership here at Community Alliance Church where you are all in together, where we're working towards the, the same things, the same goals. Think of it this way. Maybe you were in high school or in college, and you took a lab, you know, maybe physics or chemistry, and you what had? You had a partner. You had a lab partner. Guess what? You were all in with that person because you were getting the same grade as that person, and so you were working towards the same things. Let me tell you a great story about that. My wife, when she was a senior in high school, she had a lab partner who... I'm going to say this nicely. Their hygiene wasn't the best, okay? They're just, you know, they weren't the most cleanly person in the world. And hygiene is very high on my list, or my wife's priorities in life, all right? My wife has carte blanche on insults to me, all right? She'll often come up to me and say, your breath stinks, you know what I mean? Or, you, you don't smell the best. You need to take a shower, you know? And maybe your wife does that to you, too, and she thinks it's loving, and, you know, it just builds thick skin, at least for me, you know? It makes me stink and sweat even more. And so maybe, maybe that's you. And so, and so what happens is, is so I find, I, I find this hilarious even to say, my wife gets stuck with this stinky kid, you know what I mean, and, and as her lab partner. And so she would call me up from college and be like, and she would complain. She's like, this kid, he doesn't have my good hygiene and stuff like that. She's complaining about it. I just kind of chuckling to myself going, <laughs> you know, because I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious to this day because that's such an important thing to her. But here's the amazing thing about this kid. He was amazing at physics. In fact, he would go on to college and take physics and become like, you know, a physics major. So guess what? It made the class so easy for her. After, you know, putting up with his you know, poor hygiene, after a while, she loved this kid. Why? Because, again, she would have got an A in the class anyway because my wife's really smart. But she did, he did all the labs and made it super easy, and it just made everything go that much easier. And so that's what I want to talk about maybe the partnership here. Is you may look around this room and go, Maybe that's not the partner I would have picked. I don't like their hygiene, but maybe that's the partners that God wants you to have spiritually. Like, this is the, the group. This is the community that God has chosen us to be together to accomplish what he wants here at Community Alliance and Church and here in Butler. 
We're all spiritual partners together working towards the same goals. Further on, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and the breaking of bread. There's just something that happens when you sit and eat a meal with someone. And I've literally eaten meals with, I think, like hundreds of thousands of people from this church or, you know, being a youth pastor. I just take people out. And I think very, very rarely have any of them ever gone bad. And there's just something about, you know, there's something, your food is a necessity, but it's also a comfort. When you're sitting across from someone and, and you're eating that meal and you just start saying, hey, how's life going? What's new? You know, what are you struggling with? And there's just something about putting that fork into your mouth that it just makes you relax. And you just start talking and you start sharing. I run this class called Alpha, and that's one of the secrets that I do to them, which is I feed them. Because why? It makes you relax, it makes you feel comfortable, and it just generates conversation. And that's what they did here as, as disciples. And, you know, they would get together and, and they would eat together and they would draw closer to each other. And the last one in verse 42 is, is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I have a quote by a great theologian. His name's H.A. Ironside. It says, prayer is the expression of dependence. And when the people of God really feel their need, you will find them flocking together to pray. Let me tell you when my prayer life is its absolute worst, is when I'm completely at my independence. When I go, I, I'm doing pretty good spiritually, I'm doing all right. I, I don't really need God. And again, in our society, we're taught to be independent. Rely on yourself, pull up yourself up by your bootstraps, do everything by yourself. It's the complete opposite of what God wants. He wants us to be fully dependent upon him. And that's hard. Because in my ego, my pride, I, I don't want to rely on other people. I would rely on Keith. But yet, when God humbles me, and often when I, write, I go to other people and I go, would you pray for me about this? I'm really struggling with that. Or would you help me with pray for this? Because i got to get up and talk, and I, God, and I just need your help. And I go to my friends, I go to other people I trust, and I say, would you pray for me? This? It's an amazing feeling. Because I'm able to express really honesty and be, be genuine with other people and say, would you pray for this? And here's the amazing thing. The more people I have praying the more, more than likely God answers that prayer. I woke up this morning with three people texting me, hey, I'm praying for you today. That's an encouragement. That's such a blessing. You know, I'm up here and I could say what God wants me to say. Why? Because people are praying for me. And I know that's a really hard thing for our culture in western Pennsylvania. I've been here my whole life. We don't like to go and we don't like to talk about our business with other people. We talk about it with our family. But we don't like to talk about it with our friends or other things like that. I just want to let you know, that's not the most biblical thing in the world. If we're going to have a true, authentic, genuine community, we have to be honest and trustworthy with one another. And I'm not saying you need to spill your guts to everyone in the lobby when you go out there, I'm struggling with this. No, no, no. Find some people that you can really authentically live your genuine spiritual life with. Guys, I'm one verse in and I'm 15 minutes in. Woo! You know, I better pick up the pace here. But listen... I just want to let you know, I love scripture. It, I do. I, I don't apologize for that. It's, it, what's better than this? It's just so true. It's so relevant. And think of that. There's four principles. If we'd start applying them here at Community Alliance Church, it would just radically change our church. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And so what happens is, is God starts doing some amazing things because these people are in community and they're living with one another. And that's what should happen with, our, you know, with our, our pastors and stuff like that. We should see the results of God happening here at this church or there's something wrong with us. 
Like we should see, you know, praying they find Jesus. At some point we should see more of those cards move over to that side. Otherwise we're not doing our job. We're not. And you can hold us accountable to that. Because God wants to work. God wants to do the occasional miracle. God wants to answer some of our prayers. But we have to be asking him for that. Two weeks ago, we had a baptismal service, and people got up and they talked about what God had done in their life and how God had changed their lives. And maybe you're sitting there, there and I go, I want to be a part of that. That's what the great thing about our church is I, I want to see lives changed. Like, we should be seeing those results. If not, there's an issue. You should hold us accountable to that as a staff. Verse 44 and 45. All the believers were together and held everything in common. They sold their property and possessions and gave to anyone in need. And you may read that verse and think of this right here. There you go. Because we hear that and we go, wait. So wait, they, all the believers, they sold their property, gave it to everyone in need? That sounds like that. And so you might be thinking, I'm advocating that right there. There I am. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm not. I'm advocating the most. <laughs> That's pretty good, Grant, by the way. I hadn't seen that yet. I, again, so that's, that's not what I'm advocating at all. But what I am advocating is that we sacrifice for one another. And, and it's not hard to sacrifice for someone you love, is it? Like, I think about my kids. I sacrificed my money, my energy, my time, my sanity. That had to be worth something at some point. But I've lost it because of my four kids. And so, like, that was worth something at some point. And do I regret it? No, because I love them. I care about them. And when you love people, it's not hard to sacrifice for them. When I was in college, I spent uh, one summer, my junior year, I worked at a landscaping company. And I don't know if Schwami, is Schwami here or not? I worked for Eric Schwam all summer. That's what I did. And I worked every, for four months, I woke up every day, Monday through Friday. And I worked every day. So why? So I could earn my wife an engagement ring because she was dumb enough to be willing to marry me. So that's what I did for all summer. I just, I worked every penny, every day I worked and every penny I earned, I spent on an engagement ring. I don't look at that engagement ring and go, what a waste of time, that was really stupid. No, I was willing to sacrifice that. Why? Because I loved her, I still do. And it's not hard. And, it, and again, the, the biggest difference between what Bernie wants and, you know, and, and what the Bible calls us to is we voluntarily sacrifice because we love. And that love comes out of what? what Jesus Christ did for us and how he was willing to sacrifice his life for us. Like, whatever I have to sacrifice for anyone else in, in this community, it pales in comparison. It's nothing compared to what Jesus Christ came on and died on a cross for us. And when you have that gratitude and you're so thankful for what Jesus did, what sacrifice? It's nothing because what if Jesus has done for you? And I'm always leery of Christians that call themselves Christians but aren't really willing to sacrifice. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate together. And I love this, every day. It means they didn't just come to church on Sunday for that one hour, come right in and then turn around and walk right back out. Or maybe you came once a month and I did that. It's really hard to build community if you're not actually here, you're not actually talking to people. And that's not to make anybody feel guilty, but that's really the community that you got to be a part of. You have to put energy and effort into it. It takes time to build relationships with people. It has to be honest with them. That's why we encourage small groups. That's why we encourage you to go to Alpha or, or I teach a class called Soul Care. Like where you can have genuine, authentic community and we start building relationships with one another. And again, they, they came into each other's houses. Like the church started in houses, not in temples, not in a church like this. They just went to each other's houses, and they met together, and they prayed. It was so simple. Anybody can do that. 
Verse 46, with glad and sincere hearts. And so they were really authentic and genuine with one another. They were sincere. They didn't have walls up. They were really real and genuine with one another. What would it take for you to be, have a real, authentic, genuine relationships with other people? Would you be willing to do that? Because that's what God has called us to. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So if we were to start putting these principles into actions, I think Butler County would go, that church... That's amazing. That's exactly what, I, that's what I've been looking for. That's the type of community I've been looking for my whole life. People that love me, they care about me, and I'm submitting to the authorities. Like, this is, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Do you know why? Because that's how God made all of us looking for this. And it's the church that has the ability to say, I want to be part of something bigger than myself. And it's the church that should be leading and driving that. That's, that's what we were designed to do. That's our calling. Go ahead and flip over to Acts chapter 4. And we're going to continue talking about this. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It says this. All the believers were one in heart and one in mind. Like, you ever been part of an amazing team? Like, I've been so blessed to be a part of a really great sports teams where everybody just kind of knew their role. And when you play really successful and we've won championships, because everyone knew their role and they trusted one another to do that. Like, you know, like, I needed to trust, you know, you know when I played football, you know, the, the lineman that they were going to block. Or I needed to trust the, the quarterback that he was going to throw the ball. You know, and I played wide receiver. And, like, everyone had their role. And we were successful when everyone just did their job because everybody did their role. And everyone here, you have a role at Community Alliance Church and as part of this community. And when you do your role, that's when this community is at the absolute best. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. Some of you are loving, compassionate. Some of you have the gift of healing. Some of you have different gifts. Some of you have the gift of teaching. When you use your gifts, it's the most glorifying thing to God. Verse 32b, it says, and no one claimed any of their possessions, there's Bernie Sanders again, and their own, but they shared everything they had. I want to show you, go ahead, hit my, hit my next slide. This was my first car. I know you're jealous. <laughs> you can see Kylie loved me for my, my hot ride, not, you know, not, for my hot, my, not for my good looks and my hot body. No, it was for that thing. We call, that's an 86 Ford Tempo, ladies and gentlemen. You will find them in sports cars, galleries around the world, you know. And it was Battleship Gray, and we called it the tank, mostly because I, ranked, I wrecked it over and over and over again, and it just kept going. That was a great 16-year-old car. And I can remember one time, I had to drive down to Wexford, because I had a meeting with, a, uh, with an admissions counselor into a college. And, I, and as I was driving down there, my, uh, my hood, it was still latched, but it wouldn't latch all the way. And so I was driving down, and my hood was flapping like this, like, and depending on how old you are, it was, I was thinking either it's going to be planes, trains, and automobiles, or Tommy Boy, where the, where the hood flies all the way up when I'm, I'm driving. And I had to drive from East Butler to Wexford. I'm thinking somewhere in 79, it's going to fly right up. And so I was like, this is not going to work. And so I'm driving there. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm trying to figure out what I should do, what I should do. And so I take this chance. And this is like pre-cell phone because I'm old. So I, I, drive, I drive to Pastor Denny's house. This is a true story, 100%. I drive to Pastor Den's house. I drive up there, and it's flapping up there. And I said, hey, listen, I need to borrow your truck. I was like, <laughs> I'm like 19 years old. And I was like, I need to borrow your truck because I need to be in Wexford for this meeting, and there's no way I'm going to make it with this car. And he was dumb enough to give it to me. Can you believe that? 
And so I take his truck, I drive it down, I drive it back. I must have put gas in it because if I didn't, he would hold it against me to this day. And so I'm driving back up there, and my dad's in the driveway, and he's apologizing to Pastor Denny. He's like, he shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm really sorry. And I'll forget this. Den looks at both of us and says, listen, it's no big deal. It's not my truck. It's God's truck. It's not my house. It's God's house. And what if we started all as a community started to look at our stuff that way? God gave it to me. I I just want to, you know, I'm dumb enough to let a 19-year-old kid drive it, you know, at that point. But wouldn't that change the partnership that we have with one another? That if we were like, you know what, I trust these people. I I love them. I care about them. I'm going to let them borrow my stuff. You've been given certain gifts. Many of you have certain mental capabilities that other people don't. Many of you have had really godly homes that other people haven't given that opportunity. Those are gifts from God that God has given you. And what are you going to do with the gifts that God has given you? Are you willing to share those things? Some of you need to share some of your wealth, some of your possessions. Not, not because you're, I'm telling you to, but you've got to voluntarily because you love people, because you care about them. And that's the type of community that God's really looking for. That's what the church is supposed to look like. Verse 33, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work at them that there were no needy persons among them. Why? Because they took it upon themselves to meet the needs of the community. What if we did that? What if we met the needs of each other's community in here? Verse 34 and 35. From that time, from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. And so what happened is, is people would come up and they would sell their possessions. They would sell, you know, they would sell land. They would sell things, their houses. And they would lay it at the apostles' feet and say, you go help whoever you need. We trust you. And that's why it goes back to the absolute first principle I said is, is that you have to buy in to our preaching, our leadership, and respect us and trust us here at Community Alliance Church. Otherwise, you could never do that. And that's exactly what these followers of the disciples, they were completely bought in. They said, listen, we trust you completely. I'm going to sell off my possessions. I'm going to lay it at your feet. You help whoever needs help, whoever God wants you to help. And it is based so much upon trust. And that's why if you don't trust us, if you don't respect the leadership here, that's why you can't come to this church because we can't have this type of community. Go ahead, hit my next slide. So here it is in a nutshell. That's everything we just went over. I want you to look over that list. What don't you like? What do you look at and go, man, I I don't want that in my life. That's overrated. In fact, I think you read over that list and go, that's exactly what I've been looking for my whole life. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to be part of a group that really makes an impact in Butler County. I want to be part of the impact that impacts not just Butler, but Pittsburgh and around the world. The church is the greatest community on earth. That's what we're called to do. That's what the first church did. That's what God's calling us to be. And when you read that, go ahead and hit my next slide because this is John. Really, it's the fulfillment of the prayer that Jesus said. He says, this is right before Jesus dies. It says, I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. This church was complete together. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus' prayer had been answered through this church. And it can be answered again 
through this church if we're willing. So I want you guys to bow your heads. I want you to be honest with yourself. Do you feel like you're part of a community like this or not? And some of you here, I'm willing to bet this. I'm willing to bet because I I trust God. See, when, when, when Pentecost came, it says that they were cut to the heart. And some of you are feeling that little tug on your heart right now and going, this is what you've been looking for. This is, this is what you've been looking for for a long time. That you're feeling that heaviness on the heart. That's not manipulation. That's not anything that's completely biblical. That is God calling you. And so if that's you today, and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, this is all I want you to do is I want you to pray this prayer of repentance because that's what Peter had them do. And it's not so much about this prayer of repentance. It's not about the words. It's more about the attitude of your heart. And so if that's you today and you're like, hey, I, I want to be a part of this community. I, I, I've been looking for this my whole life and you've never come to a point where you've accepted Jesus in your heart. I just want you to pray this prayer after me and just say, dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong and I want to live how you want me to. I want to live in a community that loves me and I can be a part of it and I can be real and authentic and genuine. God, come fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you prayed that prayer, all I'm going to ask you to do is if you know that there's someone really spiritual in here in in this building that's been praying for you for a long time, I just want you to go tell them that. If that, that person doesn't exist, please come up front and just come and talk to me. So I, can, so I can pray with you. And so, you know, some of my other friends may up, be up here, other pastors, other elders. So we just want to give you a hug and, and pray for you. So if that's you, please, you know, Scripture's pretty clear. You need to proclaim that. So, you know, tell it to someone that you know in here that's very godly, that you trust, that, you know, maybe have been praying for you. Please do that. Or come talk to me or, again, one of my friends that are going to be up here. Second thing I, I want to give to you is this opportunity. If you're sitting out there, you heard this sermon, you're like, this is exactly what I want to be. I, I want to be a part of this community, and you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for a long time. But I've called you to be a, a partner with Jesus Christ, a partner in Christ. That I've raised the bar pretty high. But if you're committed to that, all I'm going to ask you to do is just raise your hand. And I don't care if six of you raise your hand. I don't care if a hundred of you raise your hand. I don't really care. But I just want you to show to the other people, and you can open your eyes. I just want you to show to the other people that I'm committed to living this way. So I just want you to know, I'm fully uncommitted. If you're committed to living this way, go ahead and raise your hand so that other people in this community can see, hey, look, there are other people that are looking for this. And these people are committed to living how Jesus wanted to. I'm going to close this all in one final prayer. God, thank you for the people that have responded Thank you for your your Holy Spirit convicting us. God, let us live how you want us to. Let us be the community, the body of Christ that you want us to be, to reach Butler County how you want us to. Give us a passion and desire for the lost. Through your power, through your Holy Spirit, let us live out these principles. And I pray this all in your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Again, if you need some prayer, please feel free to come up here. If not, have a great day. Live in community with one another. God bless.